The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hello, my name is Ben Bowler from OneGod.com. Together with our partners at the Interspiritual Network and Presence International, we are thrilled to welcome you to this 13-part radio series called The Convergence. Uniting the tribes in the interspiritual age. The rest of this decade and the next few decades represent a critical juncture in the evolution of our planet. At a time when consciousness is rapidly expanding, multiple crises on a global scale are also escalating. The sense of urgency is palpable. The question is this Will we wake up and will we grow up just in time to turn this around and navigate our way safely through these straits? If we are to accomplish this, two things are clear. We must do it all together, and we must do it now. It is in this spirit that we present to you The Convergence, a journey of waking up and growing up with Dr. Kurt Johnson and friends, together with some of the world's leading philosophers, thinkers, artists, activists, visionaries, and intergenerational leaders. We explore the cutting edges of spirituality, consciousness, ecology, social justice, and a host of interconnected fields, all essential in moving our planet forward towards a peaceful and positive future. It is my pleasure to introduce to you the series host, Dr. Kurt Johnson. Thank you, Ben Bowler, for that introduction to the Convergence series. This is your series host, Dr. Kurt Johnson of the Inner Spiritual Network. Joining us today is one of the world's most important pioneers in holistic science, medicine, consciousness studies, and transformative work in general, Dr. Deepak Chopra. It offers a perfect opportunity to talk about Dr. Chopra's new book with Minos Kafatos, You Are the Universe, Discovering Your Cosmic Self and Why It Matters, and this entire arena in which she has, he has done such important work. Our co-host today is Claudia Wealth, a colleague of Deepak and mine in the Evolutionary Leaders Group, which, as many of you listeners remember, provided such an inspiring episode on evolutionary leadership in December. Now, Claudia will be hosting the discussion, and I'll be joining in again at the end. Claudia works at the nexus of consciousness, technology, human-earth energetics, and large-scale social change. She was director of executive education at the University of California, Berkeley, before she decided to end her work with corporations there and focus on consciousness. While at Berkeley, she brought HeartMath into her programs, marking the first time that a premier business school had shared HeartMath coherence technologies with C-level executives representing global corporations and resulting in a major expansion of that work. Her mission now is to increase coherence at all scales using both inner and outer technologies, and her collaborations range from grassroots subtle activism to United Nations summits to research on coherent waveforms. She's on the board of the Institute of Noetic Sciences, helps guide HeartMath's Global Coherence Initiative, and chairs the Invest in Yourself program at Nexus Global Youth Summit focusing on the inner dimensions of leadership for a global network of millennial philanthropists, impact investors, and social entrepreneurs. Claudia is also on the Gaia Field Project Council and is the author of numerous essays, including Energizing Social Synergy for the Shift in Barbara Marks Hubbard's book, Birth 2012, and is the founder of NextNow Collaboratory, the collaboration lab runs recognized by the director of MIT Center for Collective Intelligence as representing a new kind of collective intelligence. So, Claudia, welcome, and over to you to greet and introduce Dr. Deepak Chopra. Thank you so much, Kurt, for the opportunity to have this important conversation on a new holistic science with Dr. Deepak Chopra. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has for many years been investigating the idea that consciousness is primary and causal in the universe and in our personal and shared realities. 
And that's put us a bit on the scientific fringe because mainstream science excludes consciousness, which is why Dr. Chopra's work is so pivotal. He's found a compelling way to introduce consciousness as fundamental to scientific inquiry, not fringe. And this is just in time. As Dr. Chopra says, if there's another extinction, it will be because of a science that is incomplete. His new book, You Are the Universe, aims to remedy that with the paradigm-shifting realization that we live in a participatory universe in which each of us has agency to co-create our experience of reality and where every perception is an act of reality creation. So for everyone who believes, as subtle activists do or who would like to believe, that our personal inner landscape can transform the outer one, you are the universe is a balm, bringing ages of scientific debate about the way the universe works to a credible, inspirational, and most importantly, a practical conclusion, the universe is responsive to us. The theme of this Convergence series is uniting the tribes, and reading Deepak's book reminds me that even in science there are different tribes. Could a new holistic science that includes consciousness be a uniting force both within science itself and between science and spirituality? If anyone can answer that question, it appears to be Deepak Chopra, and I'd like to introduce him now for those who may need an introduction. A world-renowned pioneer in integrative medicine and personal transformation, Deepak Chopra, MD, is the founder of the Chopra Foundation, co-founder of the Chopra Center for Wellbeing, and of Jio.com. And if you don't know what that is, you owe it to yourself to take a look. Time Magazine has described Dr. Chopra as one of the top 100 heroes and icons of the century. He's board certified in internal medicine, endocrinology, and metabolism. He's a fellow of the American College of Physicians, a clinical professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Public Health at the University of California, San Diego Health Sciences, a researcher of neurology and psychiatry at Massachusetts General Hospital, and adjunct professor at both the Kellogg School of Executive Management at Northwestern and at Columbia Business School. He's also recently accepted a faculty position at Sophia University in Silicon Valley, where he's developing a program on transpersonal consciousness studies and being local to that university. I'm really excited about that. The World Post and the Huffington Post Global Internet Survey ranked Dr. Chopra the number 17 influential thinker in the world and number one in medicine. He's authored more than 85 books, including numerous New York Times bestsellers in both fiction and nonfiction. His most recent book, You Are the Universe, Discovering Your Cosmic Self and Why It Matters, comes out next month, and you can learn more about it and follow Deepak's event schedule at www.discoveringyourcosmicself.com. I've been fortunate enough to be with you, Dr. Chopra, both within the context of Nexus, where you've addressed our global summits, at the United Nations, and at the Chopra Center uh, for the Amazing Seduction of Spirit Retreats. And there's so much more I could say, but I'd like you to come onto the call now. So welcome, Dr. Chopra. Thank you, Claudia. It's always a pleasure to be in conversation with you. Thank you so much for being here and for this book. I feel a huge debt of gratitude for what you're bringing into the public awareness by writing it. And for the most part, I'd like you to just take us wherever you want us to go with you, but I do have a few questions, and to begin, I'd like to ask about the encouraging assertion you make in the book that a holistic science, one that includes consciousness, is inevitable because current scientific theories are completely stuck in their attempts to accurately describe reality and our relationship to it. And this, you say, is our most important and least attended to relationship. Listeners of this series will recognize that this is similar to something Ken Wilber said in episode one with Kurt Johnson. So it sounds like we could use a little relationship counseling, Deepak, and I wonder if we can start there, please. So I think uh, we should just start with the most basic uh, idea right now is that science is struggling to explain what is called reality. We've been through several iterations about what the universe is made of, who made the universe, what made the universe. Uh, we've been through, you know, the divine universe as uh, explained in the book of Genesis. 
We've been through Newtonian classical physics, uh, relativistic physics, both general theory and and um, a special theory of relativity, quantum mechanics, eternal inflation, cosmic inflation, multiverses, on and on. And none of these theories of science um, actually explains what is reality or how do we even know that uh, there is something called reality. So the two basic mysteries of existence, number one, what is the true nature of existence? And number two, how do we know that we exist or something exists? These remain mysterious. So I felt it was incumbent upon me, along with the help of uh, physicists, uh, cosmologists and quantum physicists, Menas Kafatos, to relook at these two very fundamental questions. What is reality? What is existence? And how come we have awareness of that existence? And that was the genesis of this book. Thank you so much, Deepak. We're going to take the first of a series of quick breaks right now. We'll be back with Dr. Deepak Chopra to continue with the human universe. Please stay with us. The world is warming up as we The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. This is Ben from OneGod.com and World Weaver Spiritual Adventures with a very special invitation to join us on an upcoming interspiritual tour of India called The Mystic Express. We are so excited about this program and we've been working towards it for many years. Together with key hosts and luminary guests from the Convergence Radio Series, we invite you to take the trip of a lifetime through the deeply mystical land of India, source to so many of the world's great spiritual traditions. You will be personally guided by learned masters through the traditions of Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, Sikhism and Sufism. More than just an incredible learning journey, this promises to be a moving, soulful experience that will transform each of us and the way we see the world. This facilitated mystical journey is leaving Delhi on March 14, 2017 and finishes up back in Delhi on March 27. All aboard. For more information, go to worldweavers.com and look for the Mystic Express. Worldweavers, Adventures of the Spirit. Hi friends, this is Ben from OneGod.com with a special announcement. We hope you're enjoying this radio series, The Convergence, a journey of waking up and growing up with Dr. Kurt Johnson and friends. Many of the ideas that have gone into making this series had their original expression through Kurt's landmark book, The Coming Into Spiritual Age. It's a modern-day spiritual classic full of inspired thinking and heralding an optimistic future right within our grasp. As a special gift to listeners of The Convergence, Dr. Johnson is giving you the first four chapters as a gift. In these first 50 pages, Kurt and co-author David Ord lay out the framework for their grand, integrated, interspiritual vision, a vision that Ken Wilber says might very well change your world. To get your free download of this incredible gift, just go to onegod.com, that's the number one, god.com, and follow the links. Hello everyone, this is Ben from OneGod.com. We hope you are enjoying this series, The Convergence, Uniting the Tribes in the Interspiritual Age. For those of you looking to take a deeper dive into any of this amazing material, Dr. Kurt Johnson has created a magnificent online learning program called Interspiritual Mastery. And we are thrilled to be hosting this course and our new education platform, One God Academy. The Interspiritual Mastery Program will take you on a guided journey through amazing developments in spirituality, ecology, indigenous wisdom and more, giving you a window seat to the dawn of the interspiritual age. For more information on this exciting new program, please go to onegod.com, that's the number one, god.com, and follow the links to the Academy. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. are tuned in to The Convergence. You may connect with our program today by calling toll-free 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send us an email to info at onegod.com. That's I-N-F-O at the number one, God.com. Now back to this week's program. 
Welcome back to The Convergence. This is Claudia Wells, and we're so fortunate to have Dr. Deepak Chopra with us discussing his new book, You Are the Universe, Discovering Your Cosmic Self and Why It Matters. Deepak, before the break, you were sharing why our relationship to reality is the most important one we have and why it needs our attention. Okay, so Claudia, if you go on to Google or you do a search on the Internet asking what are the most important uh, or open questions in science today, you will certainly find at the very top the following questions that are open in science. Number one, what is the universe made of? Number two, what's the biological basis of consciousness? Number three, how did language come into existence? So I want to share with you right now how these three questions are intimately related. First question, what is the universe made of? And the reason it's an open question is we don't know what it's made of. The best thing we can say is that it's made of nothing. So 70% of the universe is a mysterious entity called dark energy, which is a force, an anti-gravity force, that is uh, ripping space apart and moving galaxies away from each other. So space itself is expanding at lightning speeds, and we don't know what this force is. It's 70% of the universe, some invisible force that doesn't seem to be the kind of energy we speak of when we say mass is equal to energy. It's an anti-gravity. The remaining 30% of the universe, um, uh, 26% is uh, something called dark matter, which uh, is an invisible entity, and um, uh, it's not atomic, so it doesn't reflect light, absorb light, emit light, or do have anything to do with light. We are made of atoms. Our interactions with the atomic universe are through light, and since this has nothing to do with light, um, although there are hypothetical particles called WIMPs, which stands for weakly interactive massive particles, and nobody knows what dark matter is made of other than it behaves like matter. It's invisible. Uh, it is not material. The reason it's called matter is it bends space-time in the same way as regular matter, so it's responsible for most of the gravity in a galaxy. It holds the galaxy together, which means you know, including the solar system, and if it wasn't there, everything would fall apart. Planets would spin, spin out of their orbit, and uh, the universe would disintegrate, so would we. That leaves 4% of the universe, which is atomic, out of which 99.99% is invisible interstellar dust, mostly hydrogen and helium, but we can't see it. So the visible universe is 0.01% of all that exists. 0.01% includes hundreds of billions of galaxies, billions and billions and billions and billions of stars, and trillions and trillions and trillions of planets that are made of atoms, but this is 0.01%. The rest is either unknown or possibly unknowable. Now, the atomic universe, which is made up of atoms, the atoms themselves are made up of subatomic particles, and when these particles are unmeasured, which means they haven't actually been observed, they remain waves of possibility in a mathematical entity called um, called Hilbert space, and that means they remain possibility waves in mathematical imagination. So what's the universe made of? We don't know. Absolutely no idea. It's the best thing we can say is nothing. So the next question is, what is the nothingness from which the whole universe arises, including our own self, including everything that we call the body-mind and everything that we call the physical universe? Number one open question. Number two open question is, what's the basis of consciousness? How do we know that we exist? How do we know the universe exists? So how does the brain produce perception, sound, touch, sight, taste, smell, thoughts, feelings, emotions, memories, drives, images, imagination, introspection, intuition, intention? 
again, no idea. In fact, it's a premise that the brain produces this thing called consciousness. And by consciousness, we, we can say that which makes any experience possible, whether it's a mental experience or a perceptual experience or what we call the experience of physical reality. We don't know what this thing is, consciousness, where is it, what is it made of, and um, again, consciousness doesn't seem to have any physical form, so it's made out of nothing as well. So nothing <laughs> is observing nothing to experience everything. This is the big conundrum we are in in science at the moment. We do not know what creates experience. We do not know how we know what we know. We do not know the nature of the physical universe. And all our scientific models, even though they're good for making calculations and creating technology, they do not give uh, us a clue to fundamental questions of existence. Who are we? Where did we come from? Is there a God? Are we just a small speck of dust in a mindless void in the junkyard of infinity? Or is something more meaningful going on? So, you know, science is right now in a conundrum and a crossroads where we cannot answer the most basic questions. And then, of course, the third um, thing that I want to bring up right now, we have language so we can communicate our experiences with each other. Otherwise, we wouldn't have this conversation, we wouldn't have this discussion, we wouldn't have a riddle, we wouldn't have um, a, a way to even question the riddle, we wouldn't have a way to examining the riddle of our existence. So language is very crucial uh, to communication of experiences, and humans have both written language and, and also um, oral language, but there are other kinds of language, mathematical language, and essentially language is the symbolic expression uh, and representation and then the communication of experiences that we are having and questions that we have and riddles that we wouldn't want to examine. But you ask linguists, how did language come about? They have no idea. Just like we have no idea how life came about, how the universe came about, although I address all these questions in the book about what was there before the Big Bang, how did time come into existence, why is the universe mathematically fine-tuned uh, to create both life and mind, we address these questions because we have language. But language is also something that linguists have no idea how it came about, how it um, is there right now, and um, how it evolved <laughs> to, to describe wo uh, with words and stories experiences that we have. Once we have a little bit of clue into these three, which we can talk about in the next segment, then we have to re-examine everything we know about reality, everything we know about what we call existence. Thank you, Dr. Chopra. You made reference to something that I know of that's being called the observer effect that I think is so helpful for people to understand what the observer effect is. And it's the example where you said, you know when you come downstairs in your house and it's dark and all of a sudden you come across a mouse in the corner scurrying across the floor and he sees you observe him and he stops. For me, that's such a beautiful example of how the simple act of observing can affect the material world. Well, according to at least one interpretation of quantum mechanics, which is called the Copenhagen interpretation, until an observer is there, the universe exists as possibilities. The observer actually causes what are called possibility waves to collapse into space-time events that we call physical matter. So, you know, a, a unit of energy uh, or a quantum, of, which is a unit of energy and information, actually has something called mass and energy. The waves that uh, give rise to this have neither mass nor energy. They exist in this ephemeral field of possibilities. And you need an observer to actually make the world manifest. Now, of course, that then um, asks the question, who is the observer? Where is the observer? What is the observer? And we can talk about that. 
Thank you so much for going into that a bit more. I just feel it changes everything. So we're going to take another uh, quick break, and we'll continue with Deepak Chopra right after this. The world is warming up as we are Mother Nature's The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. This is Ben from OneGod.com and World Weaver Spiritual Adventures with a very special invitation to join us on an upcoming interspiritual tour of India called The Mystic Express. We are so excited about this program and we've been working towards it for many years. Together with key hosts and luminary guests from the Convergence Radio Series, we invite you to take the trip of a lifetime through the deeply mystical land of India, source to so many of the world's great spiritual traditions. You will be personally guided by learned masters through the traditions of Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, Sikhism and Sufism. More than just an incredible learning journey, this promises to be a moving, soulful experience that will transform each of us and the way we see the world. This facilitated mystical journey is leaving Delhi on March 14, 2017 and finishes up back in Delhi on March 27. All aboard. For more information, go to worldweavers.com and look for the Mystic Express. Worldweavers, Adventures of the Spirit. Hello. We hope you are enjoying this series on the Convergence, uniting the tribes in the interspiritual age. For those of you looking to take a deeper dive into any of this amazing material, Dr. Kurt Johnson has created an entire online learning program called Interspiritual Mastery, and we are thrilled to be hosting this course on our new education platform, One God Academy. The Interspiritual Mastery Program will take you on a guided journey through the amazing developments in spirituality, ecology, indigenous wisdom, and more, giving you a window seat to the dawn of the interspiritual age. For more information on this exciting new program, please go to onegod.com. That's the number one, G-O-D.com. And follow the links to the Academy. Join us in changing the world through the work of waking up and growing up. And let us all strive to unite the tribes in this interspiritual age. Hi friends, this is Ben from OneGod.com with a special announcement. We hope you're enjoying this radio series, The Convergence, a journey of waking up and growing up with Dr. Kurt Johnson and friends. Many of the ideas that have gone into making this series had their original expression through Kurt's landmark book, The Coming Into Spiritual Age. It's a modern-day spiritual classic full of inspired thinking and heralding an optimistic future right within our grasp. As a special gift to listeners of The Convergence, Dr. Johnson is giving you the first four chapters as a gift. In these first 50 pages, Kurt and co-author David Ord lay out the framework for their grand, integrated, interspiritual vision, a vision that Ken Wilber says might very well change your world. To get your free download of this incredible gift, just go to onegod.com, that's the number one, god.com, and follow the links. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are tuned in to The Convergence. You may connect with our program today by calling toll-free 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send us an email to info at onegod.com. That's I-N-F-O at the number one, god.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to The Convergence. This is your host, Claudia Wells, and we're continuing with Dr. Deepak Chopra on the New Holistic Science. Uh, Deepak, I promised in the episode materials that at some point on this call you'd address what visionary quantum pioneer Wolfgang Pauli meant when he said, the science of the future reality will neither be psychic nor physical, but somehow both and somehow neither. And if it fits in your response, I'd love to know more about what you mean when you say in the book that the universe is actually a mirror of the human nervous system. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm saying that right now in the book as a preliminary to something much more important. We know that the universe that we experience as human beings 
somehow has something to do with that which we call the human brain. We're not experiencing the universe in the way, say, a bat would. A bat would experience the universe as the echo of ultrasound. A chameleon's eyeballs will on two different axes so that we can't even remotely imagine what the universe would look like to a chameleon. Uh, a honeybee returns to its... Uh, uh, to, um, uh, to its hive after visiting a flowering grove and does what is called a waggle dance to, to communicate uh, where the other bees can go for honey. So you see that um, what we call perceptual reality is a species-specific phenomenon. There's no such thing as the look of the world. It depends on who's looking and what is the nervous system they are using to do that looking. So I'm saying they're using a nervous system, but let's examine that because we do not know how the brain actually produces the experience. How does the brain take photons, and then it, which is all that's coming to you when you're looking at an object, and those photons have no dimensionality, they have no color, and yet uh, you have uh, the experience of a three-dimensional world in space and time with color and fragrance and texture and sound. And um, we don't know that. All we can say is that brain correlates for that experience. Correlation does not necessarily mean causation. But we do know that um, the human brain produces what we call the human universe. A dolphin brain would produce a dolphin universe. So what they have different species, have different perceptual experiences, but one thing they must share as the common ground of all experience, and that is what we call awareness or uh, consciousness. So if you have a dog and you have a cat as a pet or any other animal and you have a relationship with that animal, um, uh, that's not because you're perceiving the same perceptual reality. It's like you're both in a virtual arcade and uh, you're using awareness as the interface through which you translate the experiences you're having uh, in human terms or dog terms or cat terms or any other species terms. The dog in the White House has no concept that it's sitting in something called the White House in something called the Oval Office with a, a person called the President of the United States who can press a button and cause a nuclear uh, warfare. So, you know, those are human concepts. And yet you share awareness. So I would say awareness and consciousness is the common ground of all experience. And experiences are innumerable. Perceptual experiences are species-specific, but they're also culture-specific, and they're also personal. So there's personal experience, there's collective experience, there's species experience, there's transpersonal experience, and possibly there's universal experience. So what I'm saying is that you need awareness or consciousness to have experience. That experience could be a perceptual experience, in which case we call it the physical world. Or it could be a mental experience, or like an image or a thought or an emotion, in which case we call it the mental world. But those are human constructs around experience. You cannot sub separate an object from the experience of that object. You cannot separate, if I'm looking at, for example, a cup of coffee on the mantelpiece, uh, I cannot separate those objects from my perceptions of those objects, from my experiences of those objects. So where are those experiences occurring? They're exp occurring in consciousness. Where is consciousness? We can't find it. It doesn't have a form. If it doesn't have a form and you can't find it, then it must be invisible. And being invisible, it's not in space-time. If it's not in space-time, then it's eternal. It's non-local. And so right now, we are non-local beings having a local experience where we are translating our experiences and then objectifying them as what we call the physical body-mind and the physical world. But the physical body-mind and the physical world are human constructs around experience. And experience is 
dependent on consciousness. So if we were to define consciousness, which is not an easy thing to define consciousness, we would say, borrowing from many other experts in this area, like Rupert Spira, Dan Siegel, and many others, consciousness is the knowing element in every subjective experience. Consciousness is that in which experience occurs, that in which experience is known, and here's the difficult part, that out of which an experience is made. So what is a thought made of? It's a modified form of consciousness. What is an emotion? It's a modification of consciousness. So it's made out of consciousness. Now, we don't have any problem with this, but somehow we think our perceptions are not made out of consciousness because we call our perceptions the external world. But perceptions are as much an activity or modifications of consciousness as thoughts and, and um, emotions are. So sound is a modified form of consciousness. A texture is a modified form of consciousness. Taste, smell, color, form, these are modified forms of consciousness. When you realize this, then you realize that the building blocks of, of subjective experience, all the building blocks of subjective experience, are nothing other than sensations, images, feelings, thoughts, and sense perceptions. We objectify these as something we call the body-mind and a physical universe. So, you know, when we normally think of ourselves as being in the universe, we think of ourselves as me and the rest of the universe, and the me is supposed to be somewhere in the body-mind. But you can't find that me in the body-mind because it's not there. It's formless. In fact, the body-mind is as much an experience as what we call the physical world. And in raw, raw terms, that experience is nothing but qualia or qualities of experience, which are SIFT, S-I-F-T, sensations, images, feelings, thoughts, period. Now, what we do is we create constructs around this. We objectify this experience. We call it the objective physical world. But in fact, that's a human story. And that's why I say you are the universe because you don't exist in the universe. The so-called universe exists in you. You don't exist in the body. The so-called body exists in you. You don't exist in the mind. The so-called mind exists in you. In other words, we are the creators of the human universe, and we've been doing it for centuries and millennia, and now we don't realize that we made up the whole thing. You know, we made up chairs and tables and furniture and physical objects like New York City and latitude and longitude, but we also made up stars and galaxies because stars and galaxies are nothing other than sensations, images, feelings, thoughts, which are perturbations of consciousness. Uh, Deepak, I, I, sometimes when I listen to you, I feel like I should be holding on to my chair, but now I realize that really won't help very much. Um. <laughs> the chair is a construct, and Claudia is also a construct as a body-mind. The reality is a formless being that is now uh, manifesting as Claudia, the chair, and this conversation, and the phone. Thank you so much. Very quickly, before we go to a break, you divide perception into three categories uh, in the book. Can you just tell us what those three categories are to prepare for the next section? I think, you know, the categories are a perceptual category, which we call physical, but then we have a category called mental, and then we have a whole category called causal or spiritual. But again, these are ways of dividing an undivided wholeness. Okay, thank you. Uh, we're moving into one last break before our final segment with Dr. Chopra. We'll be right back. The world is warming up as we are Mother This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Hello everyone, this is Ben from OneGod.com. We hope you are enjoying this series, The Convergence, Uniting the Tribes in the Interspiritual Age. 
For those of you looking to take a deeper dive into any of this amazing material, Dr. Kurt Johnson has created a magnificent online learning program called Interspiritual Mastery. And we are thrilled to be hosting this course and our new education platform, One God Academy. The Interspiritual Mastery program will take you on a guided journey through amazing developments in spirituality, ecology, indigenous wisdom, and more, giving you a window seat to the dawn of the interspiritual age. For more information on this exciting new program, please go to onegod.com. That's the number one, G-O-D.com, and follow the links to the Academy. Hi friends, this is Ben from OneGod.com with a special announcement. We hope you're enjoying this radio series, The Convergence, a journey of waking up and growing up with Dr. Kurt Johnson and friends. Many of the ideas that have gone into making this series had their original expression through Kurt's landmark book, The Coming into Spiritual Age. It's a modern day spiritual classic full of inspired thinking and heralding an optimistic future right within our grasp. As a special gift to listeners of The Convergence, Dr. Johnson is giving you the first four chapters as a gift. In these first 50 pages, Kurt and co-author David Ord lay out the framework for their grand, integrated, interspiritual vision, a vision that Ken Wilber says might very well change your world. To get your free download of this incredible gift, just go to onegod.com, that's the number one, G-O-D.com, and follow the links. This is Ben from OneGod.com and World Weaver Spiritual Adventures with a very special invitation to join us on an upcoming interspiritual tour of India called the Mystic Express. We are so excited about this program and we've been working towards it for many years. Together with key hosts and luminary guests from the Convergence Radio Series, we invite you to take the trip of a lifetime through the deeply mystical land of India, source to so many of the world's great spiritual traditions. You will be personally guided by learned masters through the traditions of Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, Sikhism and Sufism. More than just an incredible learning journey, this promises to be a moving, soulful experience that will transform each of us and the way we see the world. This facilitated mystical journey is leaving Delhi on March 14, 2017 and finishes up back in Delhi on March 27. All aboard! For more information, go to worldweavers.com and look for the Mystic Express. World Weavers, Adventures of the Spirit. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You are tuned in to The Convergence. You may connect with our program today by calling toll-free 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send us an email to info at onegod.com. That's I-N-F-O at the number one, God.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome, everyone, to the final segment of this episode of the Convergence Series with Dr. Deepak Chopra on the New Holistic Science. I'm Claudia Wells, and obviously... There are many more questions for you, Deepak, but I'm inspired by a recent Facebook post to ask this final one. In your Facebook Live post after the U.S. election, you advise that we have to face reality. What does that mean in a universe where reality is somewhat malleable? And how deep does our agency to co-create reality really go? Part two of that question would be in a universe where, as you just said, the fundamental building blocks of reality, our subjective experience, and in a world where there seems to be no objective truth, where do we find our compass? It's not an easy thing to do, Claudia, because, you know, we are bamboozled by the hypnosis of what we call social conditioning, and then we are part of that social conditioning. So most of the thoughts you have are not your own. They're recycled thoughts of society, and they've been recycling for centuries. So what we call everyday reality is indeed a social construct, and our thoughts don't belong to us, just like the molecules of our body don't belong to us. They're recycling in the entire ecosystem of what we call existence. So first of all, uh, you have to accept the common reality because otherwise you won't be able to participate in it. You know, um, you, there's a motley group of sages, psychotics, geniuses, and rebels who are not part of this 
collective hypnosis, and we don't treat them too kindly. We either crucify them or they're outcasts of society or they're considered insane. So we have to accept our common reality, perceptual experience, and the construct around it if we want to survive in this world. But then, having done so, participating in the social constructs so we can engage in conversation and politics and economics and social injustice and economic injustice and face the problems of climate change, we have to expand the conversation from a personal point of view to actually a more holistic point of view where we don't have the subject-object split, which is me and the universe. Me is an activity of the universe. So we are all one holistic activity. That could give rise to a new science, which would be a science in consciousness, which would look at uh, creating technologies that would not be destructive, that would not... You know, we would not create technologies of mechanized death and atom bombs and and uh, nuclear weapons, and uh, uh, we would not cause climate change and eco-destruction and, and extinction of species. So we do need a holistic science. But then we need to also go about, about fundamental questions about human suffering, about things that humans dread, like old age, infirmity, death, etc., the meaning and purpose of existence itself. And that we cannot do if you buy into the collective construct. So, you know, if you look at some of the wisdom traditions that talk about human suffering, they say human suffering comes from not knowing the true nature of reality. It comes from uh, grasping and clinging at things that are in time and therefore impermanent. It comes being afraid from being afraid of impermanence. It comes from identifying with another construct called the ego, which is a socially induced hallucination, and finally the fear of death. So if we have to address these, then we have to go to a much more fundamental existence where we recognize ourselves as timeless beings, as formless consciousness, having the experience of form. So we are non-local beings having a local experience in time and space. Another way of saying what spiritual traditions have said, that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. The more we can shift our identity from our ego-bound personalities to the source of consciousness in which those are constructed, the more we can question our constructs, the more we can in question our interpretations of what a thought is, what a feeling is, what a sensation means, what a perception means, the more we can move into that collective domain where we can experience ourselves as an expression of divine creative intelligence, the more we will alleviate suffering in the world. So there are two levels we have to handle this whole understanding of human suffering. One is very practical. Feed the hungry, uh, work for social justice, work for economic justice, work for sustainability, work for economic upliftment, work for the welfare of all sentient beings. But then there's another level where we have to question uh, the constructs that give us the experience of the everyday world and then become the authors collectively of the next stage of evolution uh, of the human species, which would be literally participating in the evolution of the universe, because the universe is a projection of our consciousness. So there are four principles that I found very useful to live by. One is that everything that you're experiencing is a projection of your conditioned mind. So it's um, representing who you are and where you are in your evolution. Number two, the real you was never born because it's not in time and therefore it's not subject to death. Number three, um, the fundamental nature of all existence is that it is without ego. And when you can go to that level, you can be free. And number four, if you can name it and you can experience it, it's not you. You are the one who is doing the naming and the experiencing. 
Thank you, Deepak. I can't think of a more empowering message. And thank you so much for bringing up freedom. Uh, we really recognize how important our ability to be free selves is to our ability to be a healing force on the planet. So unfortunately, we're out of time for this episode, and I, I feel this is the conversation of our lifetimes and could continue for a lifetime. And I'm so glad to hear, Deepak, that you'll be teaching a course on this book. Yes, the American I will, for sure. I'm sorry? I will, for sure. That's amazing. I'm so glad. Uh, and I wanted everybody to know that. Uh, the American anthropologist Lauren Isley said, just to close, that he who seeks naively to embrace his own time will accept its masks and illusions. I want to thank you so much, Deepak, for helping us see through the masks and illusions of our time, and thank you, Kurt, for all your contributions to the same. Thank you. Oh, you're absolutely yeah. welcome. And Deepak, thank you so much uh, for joining us. I, you know, this uh, Yeah, I hope this wasn't had... too hopelessly abstract, but uh, I think we got a lot in. Uh, no, we got a lot in, and this uh, program gets a tremendous amount of, uh, of traffic, and I'll be urging everybody right now, which I am, uh, let people know about this episode. It's going to be archived immediately after, and you're especially going to want to take a look at the Continue the Conversation section for this program, because we'll be talking with uh, Deepak and Claudia about how to follow up with links and guiding uh, you to uh, further information about Deepak's book, his work, and things that Claudia is doing as well. So uh, really great. Thank you so much. Now, next week we're going to have a special program for Martin Luther King Day, and our co-host will be Myra Jackson, who most recently coordinated Oprah Winfrey's belief programs at the United Nations, and Myra will have some surprising and important guests on that discussion, which is called Growing Up, an Uncommon Conversation on Race. So be sure and join us then for that uh, next episode. I want to urge you also to take a look at Barnett Bain's new film of Eckhart Tolle's book, Milton's Secret. All you have to do is Google Milton's Secret. Many of us at Namaste that worked with Eckhart for a lot of years, we're really excited about this film. And Barnett's done a great job. So thank you, uh, Claudia. Thank you, Deepak. And uh, everyone who's listening uh, will be here next week for the Martin Luther King program. Thank you for joining our team, Dr. Kurt Johnson, Ben Bowler, and Doug King for The Convergence. We invite you to tune in again next Thursday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel for another edition of the program. Until we talk again, have an outstanding week. Christian struggle, huh? they'll put a price now on the sun. Elections read like tragedies, democracy wakes up diseased. Yeah. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.